talk to you about tonight is basically um, loneliness and isolation. Uh, fortunately, with my job, I get to meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of different people uh, who have a lot of different views, come from different parts of life. But I found that one thing that everybody has in common is that at some point in time, we like to isolate ourselves. Um, it's easier, we can be around a lot of people and still be lonely or still be isolated. Uh, and a lot of times, by the way, you can start recording now if you're not, Brother Robin, you told me to tell you. Here's your cue. He said to give him a sign. All right, so we can, we, I can hear you. We're like right here. Anyway, so um, we, can, we can surround ourselves with a lot of people and still be isolated. Uh, we can come to church. We know what to say. We know who to talk to, who to hang around and how to smile and how to get on out of here and get back in the car and, and do our thing and, and look good to everybody else. And on the inside, well, we're dead. You know, we, we are separated and we don't want anybody to bother us. We don't want anybody to know where we are. Uh, if that's you tonight, I'm going to give you some bad stats, okay? <laughs> uh, because I think we've all been there. Lack of social connection raises health risk as much as smoking 15 cigarettes a day or having alcohol use disorder. Uh, it's also been found that loneliness and social isolation are twice as harmful to physical and mental health as obesity. Loneliness is linked to a 30% increase in risk of stroke or the development of uh, coronary heart disease. Loneliness is associated with 40% increase in a person's risk of uh, dementia. Loneliness, it seems, can lead to long-term fight-or-flight stress signaling, which negatively affects immune system functioning. So simply put, people who feel lonely have less immunity and more inflammation than people who don't. So in other words, this affects our physical and spiritual beings. Okay, uh, So we can't just throw a mask on and say we're okay. We can't just try to get on through the, another day without anybody letting anybody in and knowing where we are. If you're doing that, all you're doing is putting yourself more at risk, uh, both physically and spiritually. So tonight, I want to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you have Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read the first 11 verses. Uh, as I began to study... I pulled up, I just Googled just to see how many scriptures would, would come up about building up the body of Christ. And the very first one that came up had over had exactly 100 scriptures on it. And then there were so many different things you know, that you click on with 50 and 60 more scriptures. I mean, there's just, I think it's kind of important of an issue and a topic that we overlook so many times that God plainly wants to get across that this life is about people. It's about us serving each other. It's about us discipling each other. It's about us mentoring each other, being there for each other, telling our story, even whenever it's tough to tell, and even whenever we don't want to tell it, we need to tell it. 
So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now brothers, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. And therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Paul goes on to finish writing here, telling them to continue praying and be joyful, and gives them a list of things kind of to do. But the whole point here is that we live life together. Not just that we're in the same room and we come to church and in a building and we sing some songs, we hear a sermon, we walk out the door, we smile at some people and we're gone. We should be telling our story. We should be building each other up. We should be encouraging each other. Just like that's the reason why I want to open tonight up with the testimony time because I think so many times we get so used to just going through the motions. We get so used to just, okay, this is what I'm going to do on Sunday. This is how Wednesday nights are going to go. This is how my work week's going to go. And we totally forget we're missing opportunities to build up the body of Christ. We're missing opportunities to encourage each other. Now, I can only talk about me, but I know through the adoption of Matthew and everything that we went through with foster care and with Matthew, had it not been for some people that had been in, in our shoes, we would have been totally lost. I mean, it was hard enough going through that process with other people saying, you're going to be okay. You're going to get to the other side. We've been there. We've done that. You're going to be fine. Just keep doing this and talk to this person, talk to that person and keep hanging in there. It was hard enough with people doing that. I can't imagine doing that without anybody. I mean, fill in the blank for whatever you're going through. I promise there's somebody sitting beside you or in this room that's already been there. But the problem is we don't actually get out and tell our story. We don't encourage each other. We just try to act like everything is good and fine, put this mask on, and go, go to the house. So I really, I, I think about the story, the story, the movie actually, of Castaway, right? I, I think about that. Now, I'm not a big movie geek or anything like that, so I'm probably telling the movie wrong. I remember one thing about the movie. One thing. The guy's on an island, and a beach ball washes up. He's cut his hand or something. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I missing it? Huh? What would I say? Whatever. It was a ball. <laughs> I told you. I'm not real good. I, the gist of it is the guy is isolated, 
okay? He's alone. He's by himself. And a volleyball comes up, and it has Wilson on it, made by Wilson, and he names it Wilson. And now he's got a friend named Wilson. I was an only child. I relate to that, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, he, he's talking to this volleyball throughout the movie. And he's telling the volleyball all this stuff. And the point is, you need a volleyball in your life, people. <laughs> no, really, you need somebody to talk to. You need to be able to talk to somebody. I'm listening to these customers. I go to their house, and, and you can ask Jeff Brico because he says I'm the world's worst about just talking to people. I talked to Brother Richard for like two hours today at his house, right? But the, the thing is... People need to talk. People need to, to, to also hear your story. They need to hear that it's going to be okay, that you've been there, you've done that, and now they're going through this, and that they're going to be okay. So tonight's very simple message. If, if you're trying to isolate yourself, if you're trying to separate yourself, trying to, to hide and just put on a front stop, very simple. Just stop. It takes vulnerability. Serving Christ, one, one thing that I've seen consistently, serving Christ, you have to be vulnerable because He asks for everything. Not just some things. I, I was talking to, to an atheist this past week and he actually let me pray for him, which has been a miracle. I mean, this is... I've been working for him since 2011. This guy, first time I said, hey, can I pray for you? <laughs> Found out real quick. No, get off my property if you're going to pray. That, that was his answer. But built the relationship, got to talk to the guy. The guy has been deathly sick. A lot, a lot of stuff has happened. And, and now he, prayer's okay if you want to pray. I don't know that I believe, but if you want to pray, go ahead. And, and it's been this great relationship that's happened but it's like I told him, I said, because this last visit I had with him, he said, you know, I'm thinking there has to be a God. There has to be, there has to be a higher power. And I said, okay. He said, now, I don't know if it's the same God that you're talking about, but there's got to be a higher power. And it's like I told him, I said, here's the thing. I said, this is where... God kind of draws the line. I said, it's this whole, you know, to get to God, you kind of got to like believe in Jesus and accept His Son, you know, and all this. Well, that's the problem that I have. That's the part I have a problem with. I said, yeah, I mean, I got it, but it takes surrendering everything that you've thought, everything that you've believed to say, you know what? I trust this God. You know, I'm going to put my faith in this God. And, and I say that to say, we have to be vulnerable. People want us to be real. Man, we put on such a front. I'm, I'm just going on a rant now. That's not in my notes uh, because I don't have notes. But, <laughs> but I'm going on a little bit of rant. We have to be vulnerable and honest with people. We have to open up and let people see that, you know what, we're real. I had a com another conversation uh, with a family member night before last that I never thought that I would have. And it all came down to this. He said, Chris, he said, 
I was, you know, I believe in Jesus and I believe in God and, and all of this. And I, I've seen these people in the church do the excuse after excuse started coming. I said, but listen, here's the thing. I said, you can't answer for what anybody else has done. You're not going to answer for the show they put on or the mistakes they made. You're going to answer for, did you accept Christ or not? Did you follow Him? Did you surrender to Him? It's like I told Him, I said, you know, you got to realize Jesus looked at the people and said, birds of the air have their nest. Foxes have holes. Son of man ain't got a place to lay his head. Want to follow me? You know, because if you don't, there's the road. I'm not offering, in America, here's what we like to do. We like to give a good sales pitch of, you know what, if you follow Jesus, man, you're going to have everything. God's going to be there and it's going to be great and wonderful and life's going to be just, I mean, it's going to be great. And it's really not. Jesus said it's not. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, you're going to have trouble. And he said, but take heart. And I, I like to tell the kids this. I say, look. We, we talk about the promises of God, stand on the promise of God. You realize Jesus promised we're going to have tribulation. Like that's a promise you can stand on, you know. But that's not the only part of the promise. The other part of the promise is take heart for I've overcome the world. You know, it's okay. You're going to go through these things. The world needs to see that, yes, we face trials. We face tribulation. We face uh, problems, but we don't quit because it's not in and of ourselves. It's in Jesus, Right? He's the one controlling us. He, he's the one living inside of us. So His Spirit then is guiding us and leading us through each and every situation. As our sister said, He's our defender, right? In those times, He defends us. I don't have to defend myself any longer. I don't have to go to people and say, oh, but let me just tell you this and let me defend myself here and there. No, no, God will take care of that. I simply need to love people. We have two things to do, love God, and love people. And that's it. Everything else can be thrown out the window. Love God and love people. Because if we'll do those two things, our family lives will change. People at our work will change. People at our church will change and our community. Because it's not about us anymore. It's really not. It's all about Christ in us. I mean, I, I've got a, one more story. I have a customer who's, who's Muslim. And uh, we were talking. And, and we are talking about Jesus and, and all the different things here. And it's like I told him, I said, wouldn't it have been a lot better story if like, Jesus would never died. I mean, he's supposed to be the hero, right? The hero don't die. You know, the hero don't die. I mean, I I get that. Don't. But it doesn't stop there, you know. And the guy I was telling Brother Richard this earlier, the guy ended up. He said, "Well, I believe in Jesus. I believe he was a good prophet. You know, I, I just don't believe he's son of God." And, and I said, well, it's kind of hard to be a good prophet and a liar because you get stoned for being a false prophet, right? I mean, that's what should have happened. If he was lying, saying, I'm the, I'm the son of God, and all that, shouldn't he have been stoned at that point because he was a false prophet? But, but that's not exactly what happened because that wasn't what was prophesied back in the Old Testament. And we went into all, all that kind of talk. But open up and talk to people. 
You know, I don't, believe it or not, I'm not a polished speaker. You know, I'm not the best talker. But open your mouth. Let people know, hey, look, I'm here for you. I'm here. If you need anything, I'm here. You know, brother and sister in Christ, I'm going to build you up and challenge you at the same time to go out and win the lost. Our country is where it's at simply because I, I believe the church, we're not doing our job. Simply put, we're not doing our job. Whenever we get gas at the gas station, we should be talking to the person on the other side of the pump, even if they don't want to hear it. You know, even if they look at you like you're an idiot and they get scared and get in the car and leave. You know, <laughs> talk to them. You know, whenever we go to the store, we go to these different places. Let the love of Jesus out. I can't imagine, I just can't imagine Jesus being here today, walking where we walk, doing what we do, and keeping His mouth shut and never telling anybody who He was. But yet we do that every single day. I do that every single day. Because I'm too busy. I want to get my truck and get down the road, do what, I'm, what I need to do. I don't have time to talk to this person. I don't have time to invest in that person. I don't have time to learn from this person. I'm too busy. Let's all slow down. Let's tell our story. Don't isolate yourself. Don't put on a mask. Be real with each other. Connect with each other. And let's build up the body of Christ. Let's go out and win the lost. I mean, what would it be like for, for this church tonight to be full of our unsaved family members? Get, coming to the altar, getting saved. What would that look like? That'd be great, wouldn't it? We have to do it. I've had so many conversations with so many Christians, a lot of you in this room, about what we need to do. But when was the last time I actually led someone to the Lord? You know, we talked about in Sunday school about the rewards we'll receive in heaven, how we're going to lay those at the feet of Jesus. What am I going to have to lay at the feet of Jesus? Am I, go am I going to be the person standing back with nothing to offer? Because I was too worried about what my family need to do and how busy I am today? Man, God forgive us. We need a heart for the lost. We need to remember where we were not too long ago. What God brought us out of. Who God used to mentor, disciple us. And we need to be that person for somebody else. Because empty, empty pews with a lost world out here is not doing us any good. Coming together and us just talking and hearing a good sermon, that's not good enough anymore. Man, we're in the last days. You, you sit here and read through it. I, I, think, I think of men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. I mean, just look at Facebook. It's all about me. I got a whole page about me. Look at me. Look at my life. Look what I have going on. Look at my family. Look what we're doing. Look what, look what I'm struggling with, what I'm fighting with. Just look at me, 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 me. And we have all, all these people just about us. It's all about me. And our culture says that's good. 
You need more people to follow you. You need more people to like you. Like what you write. Like what picture you put. You know? Our culture just embraces that and pushes that and tells us just, it is about you. It's okay. It's, it's about you. Isn't that exactly what, what we read in, in 2 Timothy? Is that, is that not what Paul's telling Timothy? Hey, look, watch out. Don't fall into this trap that it's about you. In the last days, all these things are going to happen. And if you look, it's all the church becoming so inward focused that we can't see out into a lost and dying world because we're too worried about us. Man, God forgive us. That's where isolation happens. That's where loneliness sets in. There's a study done, I read about it a few years ago, that the most lonely people and the most isolated people put the most selfies on Facebook or social media. It was, it was a psycho, psychological thing happened. Like <laughs> not a polished speaker. But they have the most psychological issues, okay? Because they become so inward focused. What the writer was saying, and the doctor was saying in the article, people become so inward focused on how they appear to people that it literally begins to drive them crazy. I don't know, but if, if I'm the enemy of God, what I want to do is I want to get you so focused that you don't do anything except worry about you and how you appear to people. Let's pray. God, I come before you tonight. God, I ask that you forgive us. God, forgive us for becoming inward focused. God, for worried about the way that we appear to people. God, I pray that you help us all to become vulnerable. God, I pray that you give us a heart for the lost, God, that we would go out into the highways and byways and compel the people to come to you. God, that we would share your word with everyone we come in contact with. God, I pray that we're each challenged tonight, but God, more than that, that we stand on your word and that we obey your word and we get out and we do something about it. God, I pray that we would have opportunities even after we leave here tonight to witness to people, to tell people about your love. God, I pray for the person that's here tonight that's trying to isolate themselves. God, I pray that they would begin to surround themselves with good, godly believers, God, who will lift them up and encourage them and build up them, God. And, and Lord, I pray that this church, God, that we would become the church that you've called us to be to build up the body of Christ and to go and win the lost. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.